This is an AMI podcast. Hey, this is Ramya Muthan, co-host of Kelly and Company on AMI Audio. Our show is all about bringing people together in conversation. Whether you live with low or no vision, have mobility challenges, or are an ally, everyone is welcome. Join the conversation. Subscribe to Kelly and Company wherever you listen to good podcasts. Before we get started, I wanted to acknowledge that this podcast was produced and hosted from the unceded ancestral and traditional lands of the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh people. I am honored to live, to work, and to play on these lands. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Accessing Art with Amy. I'm your host, Amy Amanti. My pronouns are she, her. Casting directors are artists in their own right. They often have some power over influencing how a writer or a director feels about a character. And if you're a change maker like Russell Boast, the president of the Casting Society of America, you care deeply about making space for artists with disabilities. Here in Canada, about 25% of our population identifies with living with a disability, yet we only see 2% of us represented in the media. I really want to go to a movie where I can see a reflection of me and my stories and others that I know that have lived experience of disability. So how then do we get, you know, the typical movie scene of the grocery store or the bank or the town hall meeting to look more representative of the actual population? Russell is an ally for artists with disabilities, and he's here today to share his thoughts about how to get traction in representation. Hey everyone, my name is Russell Boast. I am a casting director and I'm the current president of the Casting Society of America. So excited that you're joining us today. I have a whole bunch of things that I want to sort of unpack with you. First of all, um, I want to know from you, Russell, how it is that you got involved in being a casting director? Because I'm certain that there's some kind of interesting story there. You know, it's, it's, it was a, a long and interesting journey for me, but I got into the casting world by default. I was, my, my job, I, I, I was born and raised in South Africa and my job into the film business was to do, do location-based casting, which was basically to go to the middle of a country in Africa uh, where there were no actors uh, and in some cases working with tribe people who hadn't seen a television or a movie or didn't know what a movie was and finding non-actors to get them trained up and camera ready for international pictures that were coming into those locations. So it, it was, it was both the start of my um, casting career, but it was also the inspiration behind my, my work with performance with disabilities or just, just my general uh, soiree into really caring about people mm. and and finding a way to access people through the film industry or through the entertainment industry um, and really give people opportunities they never thought they would ever have and, and I, I had uh, the, the greatest time doing that for many years until I ended up in the US and uh, in in what is now what is more formal casting but that that history of me you know going to foreign countries, uh, training people up and giving them an opportunity to to really change their lives or get into our business is something that I, I brought with me, you know, and it's something that is very dear to me and, and it, uh, you know, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Oh, I, lo- I love that. And you and I had the pleasure of meeting each other back in January of 2020 when I attended a really prestigious acting 
program for blind actors in Los Angeles, where you are currently based. And I remember thinking to myself that this person, this human being, has greatness to offer to the disability community, is going to move the needle forward. And so uh, I really appreciate that as an artist that lives with disability. But tell me first so that we have an understanding of what a casting director actually does. So um, I'll speak for myself and my process because it's uh, it could be different to, to, to other casting directors' processes. But generally, it, uh, our job starts very often in the at the very beginning stages of production like in on a tv show or a movie the minute that that show or pilot or movie gets greenlit we are one of the first uh heads of department that get called in for interviews and generally they interview three of us uh two or three of us or if it's a client that we've worked with for many years or for a long time, they just say, this is who we want to hire, you know. But the exciting part of it is we get in right at the beginning. We with the, we walk into the door when the producers and the showrunners and the creators have just found out that this is going to happen for them. And, and, and it's a very interesting and creative and vulnerable time to be in a room with those creators who are just – in all, in, so excited about the fact that their project is moving forward and we get to slip in and talk creative with them at a very early stage before other layers and other departments come in and start talking creative with the creators of a show. Um, and, and for me, it's such an important time and that's, that's and we can talk about this uh, a little later, it's such an important time and it's such a a good space for someone like me, a casting director, to say, this is a really great script. This is wonderful. These characters are wonderful. I have an idea about the lead, or I have an idea about us at the same time as listening to what they, the writers have creatively put on the page. We get the gig by coming in and really either agreeing with them 100% and speaking their language or turning what they've written a little upside down and saying, I have something different. I have a different take on this. Would you be open to that? And and then they either hire us or they don't hire us. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I've been lucky. I've been lucky to land in rooms where uh, my ambition and my drive and my wanting to expand to the world that we have historically seen on t- television and in films and in, in the arts, we have a lot of influence, but we are not the gatekeepers. And I think I hear that so often, you know, you cast, you casting directors, are the gatekeepers to everything. And we're not really not. We really are a, a very creative department that then does show and tell. And then we bring a selection of actors in and we say, what do you think about these actors? And and often I'll bring in a, a mixed bag of actors that, that don't look and sound the same because that's like my barometer for the writers and directors to go like, no, no, we really love him and we're not so sure about her, which means I'm kind of going in the right direction in terms of their creative vision. You know? So that's that's the process in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it and it's a lot of, it's a lot of negotiating and it's a lot of, I, I want to say, wheeling and dealing to get the actor that you want to get the role, the role. Um, you know, it's kind of, it's, a, it's an art form. It's about knowing actors and it's about loving actors and it's about knowing people. And then it's about how you get the 
showrunners and writers, producers, directors in the room to think that the person that you want to hire was their idea and then they hire the person because they thought it was their idea. I love that. So when you talk about authentic casting, I mean, we're looking at two different things here, which is there are sometimes roles that are created for a character that lives with disability. So possibly a wheelchair user, possibly an amputee, possibly someone like myself who lives with sight loss. And then there are roles that are not casted that way. And so what I think what you're telling me is, is that you know, it's great when the representation is written, but it's also great to look at roles where there's possibility of casting with lived experience of disability. And I wonder what what your role is in advocating for that specifically, if you feel strongly about a role. So I have a very strong opinion about that. I have two kids. I have two young boys, um, four and six years old. And when I talk about authentic representation, I am talking specifically to not just kids, but I'm, I'm, I'm imagining what my kids are seeing on TV. I'm imagining how my kids are experiencing the world through the screen. And, and, and at that point, my advocacy cat jumps in and I go, I want my kids to see a world in which I want them to live and I want them to understand and I want them to know, which means for me that when we get to a, oh, we're cutting to the scene at a bank. I go, well, why is everyone, why, why can't we have a wheelchair user playing the bank teller? Why can't we have the roles that are not specifically written uh, for a performer or a person with a disability? Why are we not seeing those people in the world as they exist? And, and, and for me, that's the key there is, 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 is if we want to change hearts and minds across the country and we really, really want to take all the work that you and I are so familiar with and change the world uh, subconsciously, <laughs> we, need to, we need to stop create, basing stories around what, what the disability is, what happened, what's going to happen in the future. It's, you know, these tragic stories. I'm so tired of the, the tragedy when there's love and there's romance and there is joy and there's a hundred stories that have never been told historically in our business or through our mediums um, that, are, uh, that are important. And, and, and timely, and I think that the world right now is crying out for authentic portrayal. And, and, and I, you mentioned earlier that the, the ability to portray and authentic portrayal is two completely different things for me. Ability to play great and actor can play a tree, can play a house. I don't know what actors can play everything. Right. But, but it, it really is, it's, that's not, that's not, that's not it because it is bringing the real life experience into our industry and then translating it across the screen or however it's translated to the world is where we're going to make the real changes, you know? How do you combat the thought when I get this all the time, when we talk about these big A-list actors that have gotten these juicy Oscar winning roles as people with disabilities. I mean, I could, you know, my left foot, Rain Man, you could, you could name a million of them, but we're in a different time now, right? Than we were 20, 30 years ago in filmmaking. So how do we combat the discussion about, well, you need to have a big actor to support a, you know, a, a big role and that actor doesn't live with disability. So, you know, 
XYZ can play the wheelchair user. So here's what I want to say about that. And, and I know that a lot of my peers don't agree with me on this, but I will change their hearts and minds is, is I hear it too. I, I hear, well, that person's not going to finance our movie. You know, that's great work, Russ. You know, thank you for being of service, which is so derogatory to me and, and everyone that I, ally, that, that I am an ally to. But, um, you know, I, I, they'll say, well, we need someone who can who can green light our movie or who will bring an audience to the theater or whatever it is. We, we, you and I know all the excuses, you know, and I'm like, well, if we don't have that person, let's let's take a big look at why and then do something about it. Because I can't be having and I started saying this back eight, 10 years ago when I, I've been in the country 16 years and 10 years ago, I was like, we can't keep saying that because that doesn't answer any questions it's just a cop-out if if it's true that the actors don't exist which i don't believe i just believe that you have to do a lot more work to find that very special incredible actor who can portray this role uh you know be authentic in the role then um and and you and your your go-to is they don't the actors don't exist i'm like we have to do something about that which has got me further into the the you know working in the program that you and i met on um and having real conversations about not the next generation in terms of age but but developing a a group of actors that we can say here they are and they'll finance your movie now i say all of that and in the last couple of years I'm sorry, but the movies that you mentioned, they 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 made money back mm. then. People are not paying money to go see, see those kind of movies anymore. People are paying big bucks to go and see themselves. And and I think that huge groups, especially uh, the the performance with disabilities, people with disabilities group, and there's this huge market out there for like, if you start telling authentic stories, you're going to start making some money. And I just, I, I believe that, that people think that to be true but they don't know it to be true and you know and i and i want to say it's true just just do it the right way <laughs> just just do it the right way it is true it's true every time a, a movie like peanut butter falcon or whatever it is they are successful movies because they resonate with people who have never seen themselves on screen before so you you get a movie like peanut butter falcon just as a as a recent example and 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 people are in love with that movie for two reasons one because people are seeing themselves represented on screen for maybe the first time and because the rest of the world is going oh my gosh i have been excluded from these conversations i didn't you know and and therein is the learning and there is in therein is the absolute power of our medium so, you know, you just referred to changing the, you're going to change the hearts and minds of people with this. And I, I believe you will, Russell, because you're kind of at the top of the food chain, uh, being the president of the Casting Society of America. So what is your role as the president of this society? How does that role factor into this discussion? So it's really it's really interesting because I actually think that I, I ended up becoming the president because I pushed so many not pushed envelopes, I hate that saying, but I, I think because I, I challenged the skill set of a casting director. I pushed it beyond knowing great actors and hiring amazing actors and having swanky parties and um and 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 the 
kind of vicious cycle that has happened in Hollywood where you constantly hire your friends because they look like you and sound like you and feel like you. And, and, and that's a whole conversation for another day. But I challenged that and I said, look, casting directors are in this prime position. We're right there when these conversations are being had about roles and authenticity and diversity and whatever it is we are right there if we are empowered and we have the information that our allies would like us to have and we impart that information within that space we can make real change and and i jumped on not only because of who i am and where i come from and and my history in getting to the u.s um that felt familiar to me and it felt like my soul was being filled by it. And then it ended up making me the president of the CSA, which for me, it was almost like an accolade to say, you, you were right. We can be doing more and I could be doing it within my profession. How lucky to be able to, to fulfill your role as an advocate in, in the same world as, as um, you know, as your profession. I, I think it got me to that point. And then from there on, it's just been continually, just educating as the president and using using what I like to call my soapbox, but but using this position to challenge others, but also to educate and also demystify and all these words that I used to use eight or ten years ago and now I don't use because it's not part of my language anymore. But I'm still in those rooms, you know, and I'm I'm still doing things like taking a group of uh, hard of hearing or deaf actors or blind actors or low vision actors into studio network uh, environments uh, and being that introducer who goes, everyone, this is a safe space. This is where you need to learn. This is how it's going to happen. And then I'll be back in an hour. And it does. Magic happens, you know. The presidency has given me that. It's, it's also a lot of work and it's a lot of people to maintain and, I, I've seen a transformation in the organization and I've seen how incredibly forward thinking the organization has become. And then in turn, how the industry has started to follow. And look, a lot of people have done a lot of work within the disability community over centuries, like centuries and centuries. And then Russell Bose shows up like eight to 10 years ago and goes, I've got an idea. Um, you know, I, and I, but I did, I had an idea and I had an idea just when people were starting to just open the crack of their door just a little and say, Hey, so what's this, uh, what's this authentic thing you're talking about? And I just happened to put my foot in the door and say, Hey, I've got a <laughs> Yeah. I want to show you 10 actors right now. You know, it, it was really timing for me, but, but seeing that, that wave and, and I, I want it to be a wave and, and, and not a pendulum swing because we've seen pendulum swings over and over and over in our business where, Oh, this is the craze right now. And next month it's going to be this, you know, it's incredibly important that that I got that foot in the door and then I looked at the long term you know sustainability like how do we how do we create that next generation of actors how do we keep the conversation going how do we make sure that this this doesn't go away you know so to to the the point you just made about generating actors and and you had talked a bit earlier about sort of the barrier of access to training high quality training for actors with disabilities in order for them to even get their foot in the door in, in front of a casting director. And, and I get this is your, not the casting director's role, but your role. What is your role, your approach in helping to mentor the actor? If I show up in your, in your casting room and I'm doing all the wrong things and I, and I get that's kind of a gray area, do you take me aside and say, listen, I can, I can help you 
here's a tip. Or do you just let me record the thing and do my thing and walk out the door? See, I'm, I'm an old school casting director. It doesn't matter who you are. When you come into my office, I'm creating a safe space for you. Like I, I specifically selected you. I try not to do cattle calls. In fact, cattle calls is back in my youth. I, I don't. I very, very carefully select the people that I want to come into the room. And, and it's not based necessarily on their resume. It's not necessarily based on how many shows they've been in or who they know or who they know that I know. I, I really am going for something that feels like I'm creating an entire world. So by the time the actors arrive, I want to create a very safe space, um, particularly when I know that a group of actors has not is not going in for auditions three times a week. You know, back back before COVID. But but um, when I know that I'm really working towards something incredible and special, and I this group of actors has not historically doesn't get ten auditions a month; they get two auditions a year. Like that is part of my job. My Part of my job is to allow space, give time, nurture, rehearse, create an environment that feels like home for that actor mm -hmm. because then I get the best work. Um, and you want us to get the job. Yeah, I absolutely want you to get the job. Yeah. I, want you, I want you to get the job so I get paid and I can go home, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> That work is extended beyond just my studio for me, and it really is creating learning from from actors with disabilities about their process, about how helpful I can be, um, about all those things that uh, that they may be afraid to tell someone not like me when coming straight in for a cold audition, and they want to say it would really help me to have a music stand, you know, so that I can you know sign easier or right. whatever it is, you know. All those little tips and tricks that people are afraid to just say, "Hey, you know what would help me is this would help me do my best work." And I'm like, "Tell me what, tell me what it's going to take." You know, you know. And then beyond that, it is the education. And you have to be a good actor. Like you have to be a good actor. And there's definitely a massive hole in the industry right now in terms of a place where performers with disabilities can go and train and really work. And I'm starting to see those holes close up a bit and like the acting program that you mentioned earlier that we met on, um, I'm starting to see more and more of those pop up because the excuse that the actors don't exist no longer exists. They do exist. And it really is just, it's about, it's about enhancing. It's about creating a safe space, but then it's also about, I'm working on a film right now with a, a, a boy with MS and he's the lead and, and he, and this kid is incredible. Uh, he's like one of the finest actors I've, I've ever met and the movie he's making our movie he's bringing himself he's bringing his life experience he is he is helping us make a better movie because those are the conversations we're having about the movie we're not saying oh well this is what the character is written as here's the dialogue please uh please uh you know Good luck. Please read it. <laughs> yeah, please read it and and best of luck to you. You know, we're 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 he's helping us make a better movie, you know. I love that. That makes me so excited about movie making and and where we have, you know, the, the future to grow in movie making. I'm wondering and we're not, we're not going to get deep into any of this Russell because uh, there's way too much to cover, but as you know the um the Oscars released uh, a diversity statement in September of 2020. 
um, for their best picture category. And it's it sounds really complicated about diversity and inclusion. I'm wondering just if you think this, this is a step in the right direction or if you think maybe they've missed the mark. No, you know, I saw, I saw the breakdown of the different categories and I, this is what I want to say. Like having been an advocate for a long time and, and really, really always trying to up my game as an ally, every bit helps. Like, like every single bit helps. If it's a changing one person's mind about working with a performer in a wheelchair, like it just, that, that changes everything. You know, and I and I don't. I think I think everything is a step in the right direction until it's not. <laughs> it's, my, it's my short. It's my short answer. You know, I, I people need to try, and that's the thing is I think that we have got it. The industry has got itself into this position, not now, but but this is you know a couple of years back. There's such the fear, the fear of the unknown, and the fear of trying, and the fear of throwing everything you know out the window and say, you know, what, are we just going to let's just do this. Let's do this and see. You know, Russell, I, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again. You're the type of human being that we need on the planet that uh, is an advocate and an ally. And there's room for allyship and you're paving the way. Before I let you go, though, we're going to play a little game. And this is a rapid fire game. Oh, Three questions. <laughs> Three questions. The first okay. thing that pops into your mind, and we call it the mixed bag. So they're they're randomly chosen questions. So they're not really they're not really related to casting in any way. Just uh, making a human connection. Oh, I can't wait. Let's try it. So your first uh, random question, Mister Boast, is: If you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Oh, without a. <sighs> See, I always want to say a wolf, and I have no idea why. Like, it's a wolf has always been my go-to animal. Um, and now I have to make up some fancy reason as to why I always default to a wolf. I don't I don't know why. Um, I, I, I think there's stealth. I think it's a, the stealth of a wolf would be, you know, what it is. Yeah. Okay. What's the last thing you binge-watched? Oh, so we've been watching Cobra Kai right now. We're almost at the end of Cobra Kai. Um, that's my answer to that. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And the last question, a fairly standard question in these types of uh, interviews is, what is your um, desert island food? Oh, but can it be from the desert island? It can be whatever you want it to be. You see, because if I was on a desert island, I'd be like diving for shellfish all the time. <laughs> That's a good enough answer for me. Yeah, I would. I would if, if and when I do uh, get whisked off to a desert island, a deserted desert island, like I will live off the land, man. That's I'm from Africa. <laughs> That's what I do. Awesome. I think I'd want to take pasta with me, but uh, uh, I, there'd be lots of room to run off the carbs, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe pasta. Now you've got to be thinking about my favorite foods. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you play the game and to just learn a bit about what it is that casting, the world of casting is all about, because I, I think it's a bit of a mystery to some people. And I think we've sort of unpacked that mystery a little bit here today. So thank you so much for joining me. Great. Of course, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. And, and it, it is, it's still a mystery to me. So we'll, well, when I work it out, I'll come back on a podcast with you and I'll explain casting to you. <laughs> And before I let you go for today, I want to leave you with this quote about allyship from Helen Keller. Alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. Thanks for listening to Accessing Art with Amy. 
This podcast was hosted and produced by me, Amy Amanti. Technical production by Sam Robinson. The manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can email us at feedback at ami.ca or by telephone at 1-866-509-4545. Thanks again to my guest, Russell Boast. Keep exploring. See you next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.